Yes, hello, welcome back to the 20-minute hit back once again, giving you a short, sharp burst of sports debate, discussion and the key topics. And the key topic this week, of course, is Euro 2016. We may have the Copper America going on elsewhere. We may have had Muhammad Ali's passing in the last seven days, but we're all about the future. And perhaps, dare I say it, England fans getting excited about the youngsters taking on the old guard of Europe at a major tournament. I'm Ollie Wilson. Joining me, as always, is my esteemed journalist friend, and superb colleague here on the 20 Minute Hit, Mr Paul McDonald. Paul, pleasure to have you on board, mate. you excited for the tournament? Yeah, I'm just making plans to be otherwise engaged when Romania versus Albania is on this month. That's, I, that's what I'm doing, mate. That's not on your ticked-off list for must-watches, then, I, I take it. Unfortunately <laughs> not, no. Uh, joining us as well on the show is uh, a very good friend of mine, very good journalist indeed, writer for ESPN, Yahoo Sport, uh, Bleacher Report, and Be In Sport as well. French-based journalist, Mr Jonathan Jonathan John Le Gossip as he likes to be known on Twitter. Jonathan, a pleasure to chat with you once again, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And yourself? Thanks for having me on. Uh, always a pleasure to chat with you and, and fitting that we should chat with a, uh, an English-speaking, French-based journalist as we approach the course, the major tournament going on in France for the next month or so. Uh, gentlemen, let's kick things off as we run through the groups today with Group A, France, Romania, Albania and Switzerland. There's already one game that Paul's not going to be watching for this one, but who are we going to be watching in this group? Because for me, I really like the French as, as a tournament winner in general, uh, let alone obviously coming away with a group victory in Group A. Yeah, I don't want to focus too much on who I think is going to win the tournament at this point, but obviously the French are among the favourites. What I would say about the French, and obviously Jonathan will know a lot more about this, but I think they're very swashbuckling in attack, but I think the, the, the injuries they've faced in defence, particularly to uh, Varane, um, might mean that they're less stable in defence, and when it comes to the knockout stages, that could that could hold them back. For me, there's there's one team in the tournament that has got a fantastic back four and goalkeeper, and, and that's Spain. Spain, that ironically, might not have the flair of previous teams, but they have got the the, uh, the defensive steel. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of tournament we get in terms of, of attack and defensive play. Is this the back a, a, four and goalkeeper that was breached by Georgia? It was, yes, but <laughs> friendly's been nothing, Jonathan, you know that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to depend what kind of tournament we're looking at. If it's going to be a, an attacking tournament akin to a Euro 2000 or something like that, then France's attacking style is going to, is going to stand out and um, they've got an excellent chance of winning it. But if it comes down to a kind of grind and resolve and something akin to Spain's run to the final in 2012, then I think France might, might struggle in that kind of environment. Jonathan, there's plenty of age in the in the French defence and, and a little bit of youth as well. Do you see them? They have to win to appease the home fans and win this group. Um, do you see them obviously being able to bypass Romania, Albania and Switzerland without any sort of problems at all? Is that defence going to cause them any trouble? No, I don't think the defence will be a problem for them in the group stage. I consider defence being a bit more of a problem once they get into the latter stages, uh, you know, sort of talking quarterfinal, maybe even potential semi-final. I think the thing that really uh, is a concern for France, and it would have been a concern even if Varane uh, was in the squad and fit, uh, is the amount of goals that France concede from set pieces. After that 4-2 win over Russia back in March in the friendly uh, France, there was a stat put out that France, 49% of France's goals conceded under Deschamps have come from set pieces. You know, that's a massive uh, amount of goals to be conceding from dead ball situations. And I think that, uh, you know, France really, really have to be on their guard when it comes to defending set pieces. Uh, you know, we saw them concede two goals against Cameroon recently. Neither of those goals were from set pieces. But, uh, you know, against, uh, you know, bigger sides once they get out of the uh, once they get out of the group, potentially even against somebody like Switzerland, 
uh, while they're still in the group, uh, you know, they, they're really going to have to watch out because it's one of their, you know, one of the real weaknesses of this uh, of this France team. I mean, having watched Adel Rami and uh, Laurent Koscielny as well playing uh, in a central defensive partnership for the first time in about four years as well, it's, uh, you know, there's there's still a lot of work to be done there before France really look convincing at the back. So, uh, you know, I completely agree that the, the, the defence is a concern, but I don't think it'll be enough of an issue to stop them from finishing top of the group. Gents, who uh, is going to drop out of this group? Uh, potentially the third-place team could as well, but really with the majority of the third-place teams going through. Who are going to be the uh, the side who, who prop up this group? Albania would be the heavy favourites, just looking at it, of course. Yeah, I think Albania are the worst team in the tournament, and I think they will drop out. And I think it will really depend on results against Albania from the, from the Swiss and, and Romanians to see if, if one of those teams gets the third, the third spot. I think Switzerland have just got enough to finish behind France and then it'll be it'll be a fight for Romania to get to get that, that best third spot. All right, gentlemen, we need to rifle through these nice and quickly. Let's move on uh, to Group B. Uh, of, is it as open as perhaps some people think it might be? England, Wales, Russia and Slovakia. Are Slovakia really going to be the whipping boys in this tournament? Do Russia always have their little problems off the pitch as well, gentlemen, when it comes to the major tournaments? And can Wales upset England in this group? Plenty of questions in Group B. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think looking at it on paper, uh, certainly to start with, you've got a, a fancy England as favourites to get out of the group, even though it is, uh, you know, a relatively inexperienced squad. You know, it's still very exciting, uh, very vibrant, you know, looking uh, very good in attack, uh, definitely capable of scoring goals. Uh, really looking forward to that matchup against Wales. Uh, second game in the group stage, uh, which will be played in Lens. Fantastic venue for a game like that. Uh, you know, and I think it'll be a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, Slovakia, you know, I think they could, um, you know, spring spring a surprise, uh, you know, and perhaps uh, finish second in this group. Um, I, I definitely fancy England to, uh, to come out on top. And for me, having seen Russia uh, live in action a couple of months ago in Paris, I, I really wasn't impressed. And I, I think they'll be one of the worst teams at the tournament. And I actually think they'll finish bottom of this group. Paul, when it comes to Russia in particular, I know there's plenty of discussion about England for this group and their potential hostess, but with Russia in particular, there's always something about them that on paper they look like they could have a reasonably solid squad. The Russian teams keep improving in the Champions League and European tournaments in, over the last decade or so, but they can never seem to pull it together with chemistry, let alone uh, cohesion on the pitch as well. I think the Russian team has been dying, begging for a superstar over the last... 10, 15 years, and it just hasn't really materialised. For a long time, it was going to be Zagoev, um, who is, is, in, is injured for this tournament and will miss miss it. Um, uh, but it's never really came to pass for him. He's never m maybe moved on from Russian football and went to a bigger club in, uh, elsewhere in Europe. Maybe that's why. But I think with the World Cup coming around, they would desperately love to have a, a great showing in this tournament and have a superstar emerge. But I just don't think there's anybody there that's capable of it. And as well as injuries to um, to Zagoev, I think Shurikov and Denisov are both injured as well and will miss the tournament. Um, I just don't think they've got enough and I completely agree with Jonathan. I think we'll speak to Jim later on about the, about the betting odds, but 2-1 to one for Russia not to qualify from that section, I think is, is enticing odds, given the fact that the Slovakia and, and, and Wales and Bale and, and uh, Hamzik have game changers. I don't think Russia have any uh, and I think that could be pivotal in terms of who finishes second and third. Who finishes higher? Are you expecting England to top the group very quickly, gents, or do Wales out, out jump England and have an almighty party in doing so? No, I'm going to say that England finished top. 
very convincing, Jonathan. I like that. I like that. Getting behind the English side. Don't get your hopes up, though, because it will always end uh, in misery, I'm sure, with the England national team. Let's move across to uh, Poland, Northern Ireland, Germany and the Ukraine in Group C. Germany, the heavy favourites. Do Poland have anything in their locker, though, led by Robert Lewandowski leading the line? Northern Ireland finally at the party for one of the first times in the country's history. Back once again, a major tournament. And, of course, the Ukraine that can throw a spanner in the works every so often. There is a little bit of talent in that Ukraine inside but not perhaps what we expect from the likes of uh, when Shevchenko was in it and such. Gentlemen, Group C, Paul, how do you see it panning out? Yeah, I'm quite surprised that a lot of pundits are tipping Poland to do particularly well and I'm not entirely sure what this is based on. I watched them a lot because they were in Scotland's qualification group and Scotland should have beaten them twice and we are nowhere near good enough to be even be at the Euros. So, in that, in that scenario, I think I, I haven't seen them. They're, they're weak defensively. They rely too much on Lewandowski. Um, and if, if Lewandowski is subdued in any way, then it's, it's difficult to see other players in the team coming through to break them down. So I think they will make it out of the group, obviously. But I'm just surprised that a lot of pundits are, are, are lumping on them, even at 50-1, to one, to perhaps get to, the, uh, to win the tournament. I just don't think they're anywhere near good enough for that. And I think even though this Germany team definitely has its weaknesses and isn't, isn't anywhere near as strong as 2014, I still think they should finish in top. Um, and Poland will probably finish second, but I can't see them going much further than that. There are a few names off the uh, the German squad list this year going into the tournament. And as you say, Paul, it's not as strong as, as perhaps we've seen. Do you still see them as very strong tournament favourites, well, group favourites, of course, for this one? Where, where are the Germans really lacking, though, do you think, uh, as, as of course defending world champions well i mean uh, you know they they you know perhaps when you look up top you know there's not too many uh reliable goal scoring options that they have aside i mean obviously they have they have thomas muller but apart from that you know mario gomez uh you know hasn't always shown his best in uh, in big games when the pressure's on then you've got you know lucas podolsky who's almost kind of there as uh, i know he's rejected the notion that he's been taken along as something of a, of a mascot for this german side but you know you kind of see the point in it when people say that about him uh, because you don't really see um what he offers you know in terms of uh, in in terms of goals and assists for this German team, you know there's plenty of midfield talent, uh, you know plenty of uh, of attacking midfielders as well, but not too many goal threats outside of Müller. So I think that there is a lot of pressure on him. You know I think that that Germany could have ideally done with, uh, you know somebody like a. Um, you know, younger version of, uh, of of Miroslav Klose, that sort of figure. Uh, you know, just to you know, to lighten the load on uh, on on Müller. Um, but otherwise, you know, I think it's a very it's a very solid squad. Uh, you know, I know that they've uh, uh, they've lost Rudiger to injury and they've brought up Jonathan Tart. You know, not a bad uh, replacement to have. Uh, and you know, some fantastic goalkeepers. Uh, very very strong backline, and you know midfield and attack uh, when it's the first choice players you do expect them to be uh, you know head and shoulders above every, every other team in this uh, in this group you know going on a deep run into the tournament it depends on whether they can stay injury free and also whether Lerv, um you know decides to rotate his squad or not uh, if they manage to win their first two group games but I, I still think that you know even though there are a few uh, absentees from this German side that they're, they're still going to go on a very deep run I mean I I I still have them pegged as my favourites. 
But it's still interesting to see how Northern Ireland do in this group as well. There's plenty of character in this Northern Ireland side and plenty of players, of course, that will know how to play with each other or similar styles with each other, uh, obviously being predominantly uh, English-based, this side. But uh, whether they can really get out of this group or not, it might be a difficult one. It'll be them and the Ukraine, I think, that will be battling out for that bottom uh, spot to avoid leaving the tournament early. Let's move into Group D. Turkey, Croatia, Spain and the Czech Republic. First place, some people will say, is in the bag already, but the other three battling out to stay in the tournament. It's going to be very interesting indeed in this one, Paul. Yeah, I mean, as much as, as I do believe Spain have, have got a chance of winning it, despite the, the being not as influential as attack as they used to be, I do think they've got a tricky section. Uh, I think that Croatia have an excellent midfield, obviously, with Rakitic and, and, and Modric at the heart of it. Um, I, I do think this is one of the, the weakest Czech Republic teams ever to qualify for a major competition. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if, if they went home early. But Spain, Spain would have would have liked a much easier group than this. If you look around them and look at the other groups, there's a, there's, there's some fodder around there, and I wouldn't suggest that any of these teams are are anything like that. So as much as I do think that Spain will win the group, um, I think they would have preferred a much easier run of it than this. And you look at the Turkish side, for instance, they've got Nuri Sahin, Kalinoglu in as well from uh, from Bayer Leverkusen. Of course, Arda Turan, uh, the Barcelona midfielder, is their captain as well. And the, and the Turkish side always seem to put on decent performances in major tournaments a lot of the time. And, and generally, uh, without being too, uh, I guess, blah about it, they're, they're, they've got a real faith and unity as a nation when they play on the main stage. And led by Fatih Tarim as well, who's an excellent manager. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It seems that you know when they when they actually manage to qualify for these big international tournaments, you know, the, the the team completely changes as soon as they they get into that environment. It's almost like qualification is uh, you know is not intense enough for them at times. Uh, and I I I, f- I fancy Turkey to perhaps even snatch uh, top spot if you know Spain show the the same sort of form that we saw from them against Georgia. You know, and they're still not at the races when they when when they kick off. You know, I think that that second game. Uh, between Spain and Turkey, you know, could be, uh, you know, a, a decider for top spot in the group. Uh, I, I, I completely agree as well regarding Croatia. You know, I think that there's that, you know, they've got some fantastic players there. And I, I certainly uh, think that this group is going to provide three teams to the latter stages. And it wouldn't surprise me at all either if it's, uh, you know, Czech Republic who uh, who finish bottom and, and go home early, you know, perhaps even with uh, with, with no points. Jonathan eyeing a bit of Turkish delight over the uh, summer then in France, that's for sure. Excuse the pun, sorry, gentlemen. Uh, let's move into Group E, uh, really the standout group in terms of watchability uh, in the opening stages of this year's tournament. The Republic of Ireland, Sweden, Belgium and Italy. Some will say never write off the Italians. Some will say this Belgium side is finally poised for something massive. Never bet against Latan Ibrahimovic, of course, in Sweden. And the Republic of Ireland, always a great character, both with the fans and with the team when they're at major tournaments and enjoying the party, that's for sure, gentlemen. Jonathan, how do you see this group going? Uh, I actually think that this is going to be a terrible tournament for Italy. It wouldn't surprise me to see them finish third or even bottom uh, of this group. Uh, Okay, you know, I think that they might well be um, scrapping with Ireland to to finish third or, or, well, to avoid finishing bottom at the end of it. But I, I see... Belgium winning the group, uh, Sweden coming second, um, and then one of Italy and Ireland coming third. I think that uh, you know this this Italy side is devoid of so much talent, unnecessarily so at times. You know I don't see why Sebastian Giovinco wasn't called up. I know he plays in Major League Soccer, but it, you know it doesn't change the mm-hmm. fact that he is a fantastic little player uh, and has been in excellent form ever since he moved to Toronto. Um, you know and I don't really see what 
you know the the the, the talent in this in this Italian side. You know, we're we're saying in the last group about how it's one of the worst team, one of the weakest Czech Republic teams to qualify for a major international tournament. Uh, you know, in a long time, and I'd, I'd say the same thing about this uh, this Italy side as well. And you know, with Conte as well, knowing that he's already off to Chelsea after the tournament, you know, you wonder how, you know, wh- whether his mind's even going to be that that focused on this tournament. I mean, Italy already know who his successor is as well. And it's, uh, I, I, I think it, it doesn't bode well for Italy going, coming into this tournament. Paul elsewhere in the group, Belgium poised for something big. Zlatan going to do it on the big stage. Finally. I just to touch, I, I, I completely agree with everything Jonathan said there. I think it's probably the worst Italian team since I, I really don't know when, maybe the late, uh, the late eighties. Uh, when they were trying to defend their, their their World Cup title, maybe as, as far as that, it's so poor. I just don't understand the decision to take a guy like. The, the only reason I can think you would take a guy like Eddie to a tournament when you've got Giovinco in such good form is the instilled belief that Italians have that Serie A is still a a pronounced competition. It no longer is. It just isn't the case anymore, and I find that decision staggering. But anyway, um, Belgium. Uh, I think again, everyone is expecting great things of this Belgium team eventually. It's always going to come. Eventually, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Are they ever going to do it is, is the question. They've got a, a generation who have got time to do it, I might add. Um, and whether this one is, is just coming a bit too soon for them, I, I don't know in terms of them playing as a cohesive unit and, and getting their proper starting element. I'm not sure. I think they'll go deep. They've got, they've got talent in that squad that will get past some of the fodder in this competition and get them deep into it. But... If they come up against, I'd say Germany, perhaps in the in the um, in the quarterfinals, you would expect major tournament experience from the Germans to to uh, to win through there. So as much as I think they'll get out of the group, I think that the Germans, if the draw works out, would uh, would put them out at that stage. In terms of the second and third, um, Sweden are pretty much a one-man team these days, but that one man is still pretty good. So. Um, I think it's going to be an important game against Ireland. I just think, I think Ireland, in the case of Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, the fact that they're at the major tournament tends to be good enough for them, and they can enjoy, enjoy the party without um, without worrying too much about the results. And I think they probably will finish bottom. But again, as Jonathan said, it'll be a close run thing with that with that atrocious Italy side. And um, finally, into Group F, Austria, Hungary, Portugal and Iceland. It's another group that perhaps is a little difficult to get too excited by. Of course, the expanded tournament this year in 2016. Paul, uh, Group F, a few more games for you to be uh, perhaps not putting on the Sky Plus planner? Well, I do enjoy watching Iceland, I have to say. Like, I remember watching um, Iceland's under-21 team uh, uh, play Scotland a few years ago and a good four or five of the players from that side are actually in this, have graduated through the system and they were exceptional that night and I enjoyed to watch and I'm really looking forward to seeing their kind of football because talk about a nation that's got nothing to lose, they might never be here again and they have got some some talent that other sides uh, of that kind of level haven't got so I would I would say out of, out of the kind of minnows that are, that, are, that are in this tournament I think Iceland are best equipped to go and do something in it um, that being said you would expect Portugal to get through reasonably comfortably. And if Ronaldo is is in, in full-on greed mode and has his shooting boots on, you would expect him to rack up a few goals uh, in the race for the golden boot, just in this group alone. Uh, Jonathan, I know you're running out of time here on the show, so I want to get quickly your, your tips for winning the tournament, your tips for the top goal scorer, and the team that perhaps is going to be that one surprise that's going to go quite deep that nobody's really expecting to see, like Iceland that Paul touched on there, mate. Well, I'm actually going to stay in... Uh... In Group F for my surprise team, because I actually think Austria are going to surprise a lot of people at this tournament. I think that they are yeah, extremely underrated. You know, they had a very good qualification. 
and you know you look at some of the players in that team there's a good mix of uh, of experience and uh, and of youth you know you've got the likes of Christian Fuchs there uh, you know David Alaba as well of Bayern Munich uh, Marco Arnautovic of, uh, of of Stoke uh, and then you've got uh, Yunusovic as well of Werder Bremen, Balmengarta, who's uh, you know just uh, just left Mainz. There, there's some very very good talented players there. They've got a solid defence, some decent goalkeepers. Uh, you know, and they they seem primed to. Uh, for, I mean, for me to at least get out of the gr- uh, out of the group stage. And you know, I, I I think that they could get to you know perhaps the quarterfinal. I, I doubt they could go all the way to the semis, but I definitely think there's enough talent in this team, uh, you know, to get to the to the quarters. So I'm going to say Austria is my uh, surprise package. Uh, I'm going to say for my winners, I'm, I'm still going to stick with Germany for the moment. Um, I do think that it is possible for France to win this competition on home soil. I mean, two of their three international titles have, of course, come uh, you know, within their own borders. Uh, but for me, I think that at the, at the moment Germany are still the are still the team to beat. Although that you know that could change depending on the first few results in the in the group stages. We'll wait and see. Uh, in terms of uh, Golden Boots, I'm going to say Thomas Muller. I said earlier how much uh, you know pressure there is on him to be uh, that that goal scoring outlet in the German side. Uh, but I you know I think that he'll thrive uh, under that pressure. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see somebody like Ronaldo. Uh, you know. Um, come back into form after a disappointing season with Real Madrid and, uh, you know, perhaps take, take the golden boots here. But for me, solely because of the fact that I expect them to, to, to go all the way and win it, I'm going to say that I think Muller will finish as, uh, as top scorer. And then, you know, big flop of the tournament, as, as, we, as we touched on already, I you know, expect Italy to, to put in a really poor showing. Jonathan, a big thanks for joining us today on the show. We know you had limited time, so we really appreciate you taking the time out to join us uh, today to chat a little bit of the Euros, and we hope you have a cracking tournament as well out there. I know uh, everybody is getting really geared up for this one now with the final few days to go, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Pleasure. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Jonathan. Uh, Paul, what about yourself then? Uh, We're going to bring in Jim Knight in just a moment, the gaming content manager at Perform, to uh, give us some of the odds on some of our predictions. But, Paulie, what are you thinking then, mate? You've already touched on that you like Iceland as uh, as tournament winners. Uh, I get the feeling you're perhaps eyeing up the uh, the Spanish here. What what are your predictions for for the whole thing? Yeah, just a- apart from Jonathan crushing me with uh, the, the Georgia comment, I do think <laughs> that the uh, the Spain back four, um, PK Ramos have been here, seen it and done it. Alba won it in 2012. Um, if you want to upgrade on a goalkeeper that hasn't conceded in, in nine hours of football, you put David De Gea in. And I think if um, I, I think even though they're lacking in the attacking departments, I, I do think there is some some lesser some lesser received players there that have still got high quality. I think. Uh, Morata's gearing himself up for a massive transfer this summer, and I think he could he could be a key player if he's fit, provided he's fit. Of course, he's he's had a hamstring injury of, of late, and he might uh, miss the first match. But uh, if, if he comes back fit, he could be a key player. And I think that, that Nolito has been absolutely fantastic for for Celta Vigo in the last two seasons in, in La Liga. Um, isn't the most fashionable player as uh, at 29 now he's at the end of his career, but he is a direct player um, akin to someone like Pedro, but a far better finisher than him. Um, and I think with him on form uh, and linking up with Iniesta, I think Spain can still do good things. So I th- I'm going to stick my colours on the Spanish mass and say they're going to win it three times in a row. As for the surprise package, difficult to say. Um, I do agree with, with Jonathan that Austria are, are underrated, but I'm, I'm going to say there's, there's going to be no surprise packages in this tournament. I think this is one major tournament where we're just going to see the, the groups go to form. Um, okay. Usually usually when you when you hear um, people talk, talking about group winners, there's always inevitably one that one that throws up that's just completely unexpected. 
But I just can't see many of these teams that are they're in the second tier of, of world football that, um, really disrupting the, the, the established order. I think Spain, England, Germany, France, uh, or Portugal even, are, are good enough to go and, and fill those quarter-final slots and potentially the semi-final slots as well. The only one I have a doubt about, as I mentioned earlier, is, is Italy. But apart from that, I think the big nations should do what's required of them sure, and, and put with the, the, with, the smaller ones in their place. With the third-place team coming through as well, when you get to the knockout stage, that's when we could see some real upsets, perhaps group winners getting toppled over one game rather than having three games to cement themselves. I think with the expanded tournament, surely it leaves itself more open and rife for that as we go into the into the latter stages of it. No, but I, I, even if even if the big teams play their second strings in the last group matches, I think they're good enough to beat, beat the, some of these teams in these groups. I mean, Germany playing Northern Ireland, Germany's second string is good enough to beat Northern Ireland comfortably. Mm. So I, I can't really envisage there being too many shocks. And obviously we know that by topping your group, you get a much easier draw next time round. So yeah, when you, when you say a breakout team of the tournament, you could end up with a team like Ukraine getting to the quarterfinal for, perhaps, but they could end up conceivably finishing third in their group and playing an equally weak team and then getting into the quarterfinals almost by default. Mm. So to me, that doesn't represent a team becoming a breakout star. It, it means a team getting there just As by the nature of the, the design of the tournament rather than how good they are. OK, what about your top goal scorer then? Who's going to be banging them in? I touched on Nolito. Um, I think if Nolito starts the matches, he, he's a really good outside bet at 33-1. Um, I think then after that, you look at Belgium... You look at the amount of chances that Belgium create, I think it really depends what kind of Lukaku turns up for Belgium. If you get a Lukaku who's interested and motivated and on form, if you look at a guy like De Bruyne, he's, I think De Bruyne has created something like 18 chances in his last two friendlies for Belgium. Alone, De Bruyne did that. So there'll be no shortage of people wanting to put the ball on a plate for Lukaku if he's interested and wants to play. Um, and it's crazy to think about having to say something about an international player like that but everyone knows what Lukaku is like and what, what how his his performances can drift from unstoppable to kind of an empty jersey. So it really depends. If we get that unstoppable Lukaku, you can quite easily see him wiping the floor with, like, with a team like Ireland or even or even Italy. Well, let's bring in uh, Jim Knight, gaming content manager at Perform, to have a look at uh, yourself and Jonathan's picks. Uh, I'm going with the French to win it. I just there's something about if they can get moving attacking wise. Uh, I, I think they can score as many as anybody will put past them. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and I'm going with Lukaku, I'm afraid, Paul. I made my mind up about three weeks ago on, on Belgium going really deep into this tournament and that Lukaku is going to be smashing them in left, right and centre. But I do have a bit of a man crush on the man as well. And I am eyeing up uh, Turkey to go uh, deeper than expected as a little surprise package as well in this tournament. But they are, as, uh, as I said earlier, they're also quite set up to do quite well in this tournament. Uh, Jim, pleasure to chat with you again once uh, again on the twenty minute hit mate uh what are we looking at in terms of favorites for for goal scorers in this tournament so far okay for goal scorers um it, it's a little bit different between different firms actually so if you shop around you can normally get a decent price um around big tournaments some firms have got ronaldo as favorite cristiano ronaldo obviously um i think it's just gonna be a case of whether or not he can drag portugal far enough through the tournament to to justify his nine to one quotes um, Thomas Muller is the other kind of co-favourite with some firms um, and outright favourite with others. Um, nine to one again uh, is best price on him. We've got nine in qualifying. So, you know, there's a pedigree there before you even take into account the fact that he's got a fantastic record in the last couple of international tournaments and he's playing for the world champions. So he's uh, he's expected to do well. Griezmann is actually nine to one uh, as well in places, which is, is shorter than the 14 to one available on Giroud so some people might feel that you know that 14 to one best price which has been 
uh, nibbled at actually in the last few days because he's been banging the goals in for the friendlies um, might offer some value being as he's likely to be the out and out striker with no Benzema. What about for the, uh, perhaps not tournament winners, but the those cheeky outside bets are uh, somebody that's going to win the tournament. You know, we, we know that, for instance, the Spanish, the Germans are going to be uh, going to be the favourites. Who Who is a decent punt for, for a tournament winning bet? Uh, Jonathan highlighted the the Austrian team actually as his dark horse, and they're around forty to one. So if you do fancy them to to go quite well, <laughs> forty to one could could be uh, an attractive price uh, on them. You know, I've seen people tip up uh, Croatia at around twenty fives this year, thinking that you know if they can make it out of that group top, um, then they could go quite far. There's uh, Paulie mentioned earlier. There's there's a bit of a Poland loving, which I, I don't get either. At about fifty to one, I think it's a lot of Lewandowski hype. Uh, because of the fact he's the top goal scorer in qualifying. I don't think they're actually that good. Um, and I, I think people forget that, you know, we scored seven of those 13 goals against, uh, or six, sorry, of those uh, 13 goals against Gibraltar. So if if he wasn't playing the, the minnows, then he might not have, uh, have top scored for qualifying at all. And uh, what about in your professional experience? Decent outside bets for the tournament in general, such as group winners. Anything that we should really be eyeing up and thinking that's actually worth a punt at the odds that we're getting at this point? Um, I'm happy to nail my colours to the mast of, uh, of Spain and Austria as my kind of outside bets. Um, I'm on Kevin De Bruyne, top goal scorer at 40s. I think he offers um, an alternative to Lukaku. If you fancy Belgium to go well, uh, he's been he's been brilliant as long as he can stay fit. Um, you look at his performances for Manchester City this year. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not convinced he should be a 40 to one shot for that. Um, some of the, the stuff that was talked about earlier, if you fancy Italy to really bomb out uh, and not qualify, that's 7-2 that they bomb out of, uh, of Group E and don't qualify. Um, talking about Turkey a little bit as well, saying you know they, they could surprise a few people and top uh, Group D ahead of Spain. The 17-2 to win the group, you know that's a sizable quote if you really fancy Turkey to finish above uh, of Spain and Czech Republic as well. Jim, a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, in your uh, personal preference as well, who, who do you think is going to actually win it then? Um, I'm all over Spain and, uh, and Austria. And as I said, my uh, my goal scorer is Kevin De Bruyne. But I can, I can see it. I think it's wide open this year. Um, I, I think you can pick holes in all the favourites. I think, you know, France have got their defensive issues. Uh, no Benzema. I'm not convinced Giroud's the man to necessarily fire them all the way through the tournament. Um, so I think they could they could come on stock in the later stages there. I think they'll have no problem breezing through the group. But I think there's a there's an element of overconfidence there. Uh, Morata, if if you fancy him to go well for Spain, he's about eighteen to one. Uh, that has been nibbled at recently, but as Paulie said, he's he's got injuries to to cope with as well. So I'm happy to stick with uh, the Kevin De Bruyne uh, Spain train. I think. Uh, Paulie, can uh, I just add at this point, Wally, we haven't even barely mentioned England at all in these thirty five minutes. I think we should give them at least a minute of their time. Um, I've been banging the. I am obviously a Scottish man living down south. Uh, I've been banging the drum for um, for England for about twelve months now because I knew that that this was a generation of young players that were going to come through and actually feature in the in the tournament. And it's it's been proven correct. Granted, they have got defensive issues, but with the exception of Spain, I think everyone does. I think I don't think there's a solid defence in the rest of the tournament. So if if Vardy and Kane and Ali play to their strengths and Rooney is accommodated as, as effectively as possible because we know that the Hodgson isn't going to drop him. I do, I do genuinely think there's something exciting about that England team. And I think rather than being conservative and, and worrying about the precedent of how bad they've been in previous tournaments, a lot of the players that will play, the likes of Dyer and Kane and Vardy and Ali, 
don't have that pressure because they've never been here before. It's their first chance to, to show what they can do. And I think that's important and I think it's refreshing. And I think England, at the very least, will get to the semi-finals, if not the final. Wow, I would not go that bold, uh, if even if you paid me and gave me the money to put on uh, on Jim's odds on that, I have to say. Only because, Paul, we've been saying for years upon years, let's get the youngsters in, let's do this, let's do this. Now we're finally doing it, but I also want to see every game being played like that uh, Germany friendly. And I just don't see us having the confidence and the actual panache to be able to go out and do that uh, game in, game out in this tournament. I want England to play well and win well. And we have the capability and the youngsters to go and do that. I just don't see it happening because we haven't done it whenever we've asked for this to be done before. If I'm proved wrong, I hope it. I hope I am wrong. But I just won't, I don't believe that uh, Hodgson's side will go out and play that expressively uh, and with that such aggression uh, in the side. And it, and it all becomes a little too much. Give the ball to Wayne to get us out of uh, out of jail whenever Rooney's in the side. And I think that's something that just needs to be removed. He won't get dropped. But I think for England to play expressively, you have to take Rooney out and allow people to take the initiative on themselves rather than using Rooney as a uh, as a get out clause, if you will, when uh, when push comes to shove and the going gets a little bit tough. Fair point, but I, I I don't see enough of a difference between uh, France at three to one and England at nines. I just think the the bookies have priced this one up based on the, the kind of negativity of the punters. No, I think everyone is is less inclined to take a punt in England anymore these days, and that's obviously reflected in the price. But I don't think there's that much between the teams. Well, let's uh, let's hope that uh, I am wrong and that England do go far. But we will see in just a few days' time. The tournament kicking off on Friday with France against Romania. And we're going to kick our ways out of here and get settled on the sofa to enjoy a month of fantastic football from France Euro 2016. Jim, thank you very much for joining us indeed. Always a pleasure to get your insight on, the, uh, on where we should be putting our money on these major tournaments and such. No problem at all, guys. Anytime. And thank you very much, as always, Paul. And I'm sure we'll be uh, talking about these predictions in about a week or so when we come back after the first few group games are done and we realise that the whole thing has been torn to shreds and that we need to restart anyway. But thank you very much indeed, as always, and I'll speak to you next week. Cheers, man. Enjoy it. And uh, enjoy it to everybody else out there. We'll be back in seven days' time. Until then, enjoy the Euros. We'll speak to you shortly. Have a very good one.